Welcome to episode 8 of the Anglo-Omani Society podcast. Today we welcome the incredible Omani fashion designer Amal Al-Raisi. We hope you enjoy. This episode was filmed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Please do excuse us for the quality and any background noises you may hear. We are determined to keep bringing you the best of Oman and the UK, even from our own homes. Amal Al-Raisi is a born and raised Omani fashion designer who studied business management at Sultan Qaboos University and began her creative journey back in 2006 when she launched her women's wear brand. Amal incorporates Omani heritage and Arab traditions into all her collections, which she designs biannually. In 2010, she opened a boutique, Dar Al-Asil, that houses her collections along with regional designers. Amal, thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, we all know you're an incredible fashion designer. Really, I love all everything that oh, you make. Oh, thank you. Um, but I know <laughs> that's okay. But I know that you didn't study uh, fashion when you were young. So, what really sparked this idea? And I mean, has it always been a passion of yours? Please, could you tell us a bit about how it all began? Yes, um, I didn't do fashion. I did business. But um, at that age, I wasn't really sure what I really wanted to do. And um, when I go back to the old days now, I realized that I always had um, I, I always had passion for fashion because I used to love fabrics. I love to go with my mom and choose colors of different type of fabrics, and it was something that I always enjoyed doing. Um, I did fashion, but it all started when I was getting married because I was like. I had a certain design in my mind. I really knew what I wanted for my henna dress. You know, in Oman, we have uh, the traditional yeah. night, and then we have the night where the bride wears the white gown. So for the traditional dress, yeah. I really wanted it to be something different, and I had in mind what I exactly wanted. And there was no, no one who basically understood what I really wanted to do. And I was trying to book this appointment with one of the designers that I really love. And um, she was out of town, she was busy, and I couldn't get a hold of her. And me being a person who has, um, um, like I like to have things uh, done ahead of time. So I'm always organized, yeah. I have things scheduled. So I was so afraid that I don't have enough time to get this dress done. So I decided that I will just travel to, to get a designer who can do it for me. Um, so I went, I traveled to India. I went to different, yes, oh, wow. I went to different factories <laughs> to get the beadwork done for me. And once that was done, it's like I got it done in bits and pieces just to have the idea um, made so when long story short so when when the dress was done everybody liked it and i enjoyed the process of making the dress so that's when i started i was uh, thinking that this is something maybe i can start doing so i started working for um designing uh, dresses for friends and family members it started very slow it started with traditional dresses only and then um at, at a point of time, I, I, was, I was working in the Ministry of Commerce, and I decided that this was not my place. I worked, uh, I worked in the ministry for around three years, and um, after three years, I decided that this is not where I want to be. 
so I resigned and I thought I would do some fashion designing for family and friend until I get the right job. And it's been mm-hmm. almost 14 years. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. So what just turned into just looking for a job has turned into this incredible yeah, business. Yeah, and I'm glad that I took that decision. It's not an easy decision to take, yeah. you know, to quit your government job, something that's secured, uh, to do something that yes. we're talking about back in 2006. Fashion was very new to our culture, you know. It's, it's, it wasn't yeah. something that people really take seriously as an industry. It was like a hobby that uh, whoever enjoys doing it, but not, not as serious as like a real job. No, no, I totally, no, I totally get you. So that was obviously like a really big move for you to do and so brave of you as well. I mean, what would you say was your first major moment that got everyone knowing about your brand and helped you to break into the industry? Um, I think it was when I was invited to speak at the Condé Nast Luxury Conference in Muscat. This was back in 2017. I shared... I shared the stage with the legendary Vogue editor Susie Menkes and Princess Dina. Yeah. Um, I was the only female Arab designer to speak at the conference. It was a very humbling experience and um, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, to be very honest, because after the conference, a lot of doors were open. I, I, got, um, I got a number of international... Uh, opportunities you know um, I got to meet incredible leaders and I and I got to be invited to different uh, international fashion weeks wow that's amazing I actually remember because I remember when they did that conference in Oman and I think in general that was a really huge thing for Oman to be used for like a big fashion moment and I do remember um, hearing people talk about you and I'd obviously been following you before that time. So that's quite a long way since you mm-hmm. started. But it's amazing that you were um, being able to give in the stage. Oh, no, congratulations on that one. I really love that. So where does your inspiration come from? Um, has Oman played a big part in that? Has it been your travel? It's what definitely it? like Oman has always been uh, inspiring me. And uh, as I told you, I started doing fashion since like late 2006. But I did rebrand in 2015. That's when I thought I was working in the local market for some time. And I and I got like good trust from my local clients. So I thought I was ready to cross the borders and um, I wanted to take my brand as a Omani brand that can be seen in um, big department stores all around the world. So I thought what would make me different? To, um, to be there. And I thought um, moving, uh, moving in regionally and internationally, I don't want to go there and um, copy other cultures or copy other designers. I thought the thing that I'm really good at is my own culture. So I decided that with every collection, uh, the inspiration would be something from Oman. A location or whatever but it always has to be something from Oman because this is what I know more than anyone else in the world you know and I think uh, Oman has a rich history very inspiring um, locations and scenes that 
we can keep on talking about and show the world how of a beautiful culture we have. So every season since 2016, I, I have been talking about Oman in one way or another. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I love it when we all, you know, talk about Oman and find our own ways to kind of show the world what it means to us and what it has to offer. What, what would you say is your favorite inspiration from Oman? Like one of these like, collections you've created from a specific part of Oman um, that's inspired you the most? It was my SS18 collection. Well, SS17 and SS18 are very close to me. Um, SS18 was inspired by... Uh, the late His Majesty Sultan Qaboos Rose and uh, SS17 was uh, uh. called the Silk Route uh, collection. It was inspired by uh, the Silk Route and the role of Oman uh, in the Silk Route and that's the first collection where I have worked on my own uh, print design uh, for fabrics. Oh, incredible. That's amazing. No, I love how you interpret it. Um, and if you were to say to people that have maybe never seen your design, what would you describe as your signature um, style? I think my style is, um, if I would describe it to people, it's classic, elegant and timeless. I always like to work on pieces that if I, if it's, if it's from two, three years back and I open my wardrobe and see this piece, I can still wear it. Uh, in, in, in several years. So my collections mirror my style with a feminine flair and um, I focus on delicate embellishments. So it's uh, simple cuts, uh, timeless pieces um, and uh, I always have um, beadwork and um, it's normally like very delicate and soft. Oh, amazing. I think actually during COVID that's kind of shown us that you know, fast fashion um, isn't the way to go and timeless pieces yeah. are, are the things that I, will still I, be there. I really think that so, the fashion industry yeah, no, really after uh, this pandemic will have uh, major changes. Yeah, no, it, it has no choice. I think it really has to rebrand itself yes. and see what's more important. Definitely. So as an Omani woman, has there been challenges from the start of you becoming a fashion designer? Were your family supportive? Um, because obviously I know you had your government job, but then, you know, coming out in a non-traditional route, what was the um, response for you? I don't think I have faced any challenges due to being an Omani woman. Oman is um, such an open and supporting country, which has, um, this has made my... Uh, journey a positive one and um, we definitely have to have a support system surrounding us so my family has always been supportive since day one it's my parents my husband um, which I'm extremely grateful uh, for um, I don't think I would have been able to do anything without their support working in the fashion industry means like a lot of traveling um, long working hours in the in the workshop and I'm a mother of three so without without a family support I I don't think this could have happened no that's amazing to hear no I think I think Oman is a really one of the few countries that people maybe overlook when you know women actually are able to do what they want to do and pursue their passion so that's really nice to hear that he yeah Oman start. is um 
Oman is a supportive country. You know, I'm talking about government level. You know, we have different families with different um, mindsets. So it's what I'm talking about is that when it comes to the country as a government, then we never felt uh, any difference between um, male and female. You yeah. have equal opportunities, um, equal educational um, rights and everything. So nothing, nothing um, is, is just basically not given to you because you're a woman. Yeah, no, that's so true. It's really true. You're making me miss Oman. Just when we say nice things about Oman, I miss it. <laughs> oh, so I know that you're very supportive of new and young talent. Um, I mean, what would you say? We're in 2020 and I mean, young people are trying to show their creative passions. But would you say Omanis are still opting for the more safe? To be very honest, route? I think um, people are thinking more of creative jobs to um, to be taken seriously and, and and the young generation is thinking out of the box and they're coming out with um, wonderful ideas and not it's it's not anymore like before people think of only a secured government job no um, I think they're they're tending to be adopting more creative work work that they really have passion for and um, I, I can clearly see that, to be very honest. Yeah, that's amazing to see then. It's, it's nice that they can all come out of their shell now, not have to worry so much about having... Definitely. Um, like you can even, like route. for the fashion industry, you can see that very clearly. When I started, it was just a few of us uh, working in the fashion industry. Nowadays, there are a lot of, um, a lot of um, male, female... Um, from the younger generation working in the fashion industry as fashion designers. Um, so this, this, this approves that the mentality has been changing. That's great. That's so good. What can we see next from Amal El Raisi as a brand? I mean, have you got big plans in the pipeline? Um, I know you've said that you've kind of tried to expand outside of Oman. Do you feel well-received outside of the region? And would you like to go Well, um, due to the current situation, I'm being a little cautious with uh, my future plans. My number one priority at the moment is finding new ways to reach my clients while making sure that all my staff are safe and healthy. Um, I do have goals to take my brand further globally. My collections have been um, sold in the UK, in the region, and I have taken part uh, in events um, in Europe, in Paris, in London, in Milan. But this is like a very sensitive time. Um, everyone has been impacted by the COVID-19 with the retail and fashion industry really feeling the effects. Um, I think there will be a lot of changes, as I told you, in the industry, and it won't bounce back overnight. It'll take some time. So for now, I'm really focusing on the current stockists and staying positive for the future. That's amazing. No, that's, that's really good, I think. So what would you say are your top three pieces of advice for a young Omani fashion designer that's looking to break into the world? Um, I think number one, which is the most important thing, you have to create a strong brand identity and believe in your vision. Um, working hard is essential and you should never give up from 
from the beginning. You know, it's, nothing goes easy. You, you always have to go um, through bumps. So never give up easily. No, I, yeah, I really like that. I think, and I think when you have those moments of wanting to give up, you have to remember that, you know, nothing was exactly, a mistake, but exactly. it was just another learning curve. Lastly, where well, can in Oman, uh, in my uh, boutique and website, uh, regionally, they can go to unas.com, Harvey Nichols, Doha, and Kuwait, uh, Robinsons in Dubai, and also by Symphony in Dubai Mall. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, they can go to Rabaiyat and Thread Styling in the UK. That's amazing. You're everywhere then. We have you already, which is perfect. Oh, well, thank you so, thank so you, much Dina. for talking with me. Thank you. It's been really amazing. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to learn more about the society, please head to ao-soc.org. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes of the Anglo-Almani Society podcast.